Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Uh, browning, brunning, bruning. Pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, yeah, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? It is Tuesday, October 13th. Would usually be the end of a week of football, but we still have one game left to go tonight between the Buffalo Bills and Tennessee Titans with all kinds of updates coming out here in the past couple of minutes about who is and who is not playing as well. So it sounds like it's going to be a great game. But Matt, how are you doing today? Well, between vacation and the fact that, you know, we have a game tonight and I woke up this morning and tried to run, uh, tried to put in waiver claims and realized uh, waivers aren't today yeah. <laughs> or make requesting waivers aren't today. I had to put the day in the corner so I could remember what day it was. Yeah, it's going to be um, it's going to be weird, at least for the next two days. I hope this doesn't happen, obviously, throughout the rest of the season. It's it's getting Getting interesting. Florida just had a huge uh, outbreak of COVID. The college team, the Florida Gators, I just saw that popped up as well. So, Chiefs got another one today, Anthony Sherman. Did they? I did not see that. Oh, the fullback, right? Yeah. Things are getting interesting. We'll obviously get to the game here in a couple minutes, but there was a game last night, a very good game last night. I thought, um, you know. Chargers need a new kicker, in my opinion, because they should have won that game. Uh, I like how they call them money, you know, money badger, and then he missed. Yeah, yeah. money badger, and then yep. of course he shanked it. And you and I had very opposite uh, reactions to that outcome because I, being a Broncos fan, do not care for the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, well, and you, you being a fan of not getting a dolphin tattoo, very much care about Justin. Well, Herbert it's not even that. I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Herbert, but I also picked uh, the chargers to win that game in our pick them. So that would have given me a nice uh, little edge as well, because I don't think anybody else went chargers. And I think even with that, I think I only missed three on the week. I was looking at the picks yeah. it was the Bra- the Buccaneers losing the chiefs losing. And then I picked that one as well. So, I mean, it wasn't uh, a, a bad week, but you and Dennis are right up there at the top last I looked. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just grateful to be tied with my wife. Um, there you go. You know, hey. I thought if I can survive an odd number week and stay in contention, I get land base. I seem to do better in the even weeks. So weeks gotcha. six here I come. Yeah. That was really the only reason I got so upset. Cause like, man, I know nobody else went to chargers in our pick them. And if that, that would just give me a nice little, at least one game edge over everybody. Uh, Cause I know I jumped up there last week. We'll obviously talk about that. I'll bring it up Thursday. You, you'll be here Thursday, right? It's Friday. Yep. You won't be here. Okay. So we'll, we'll yeah. talk about it Thursday, Thursday. Uh, I'll try to see if I can get, uh, we'll have to see what our view is of, but we'll be coming to you live from a deluxe resort in Denver. 
Look, he's so excited he got choked up. Yeah, I am. You have no idea. I need I need a deluxe resort in my life right now. All right, so the Saints did win that game last night, 32-27. Justin Herbert continues to ball out, 27 points. Justin Jackson, 14. Keenan Allen, 10. Mike Williams, 27. And Hunter Henry, 12. Herbert is just continuing to look better and better, and so is this passing game. You know, who knows how much better they would have looked had Keenan Allen got knocked out. It was early second quarter. I think he got pulled out of the game, and then they announced it third quarter he wasn't coming back. Uh, But the big thing, obviously, going into this game was everybody's thoughts on what was going to happen between Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. What were your thoughts on the splits last night? Yeah, I mean, I think they started out trying to to go with Kelly because he seemed like he had kind of vaulted Jackson, but Jackson was a lot better and more productive and looked like he fit in the offense a lot better. And, you know, we see that a lot with young, you know, rookie running backs, sometimes being able to pick things up in the passing game and being able to pick up quick offense uh, is not their strongest suit. And especially when you also have a rookie quarterback back there, you want to give them as much experience as possible. And unfortunately the Chargers don't really have that in the receiving core, Mike Williams, I thought looked incredible for a guy yeah. who was iffy about whether he was going to play. He had a really incredible night. Uh, Henry was there, but you know, when they lost Keenan Allen, you're getting a lot of Jalen Guyton who doesn't have a ton of experience. KJ Hill, who's also a rookie. They're a, they're a pretty young team. They don't even have a ton of veterans that have been with the team on the line. You know, they lost their veteran longtime center. So I think Justin Jackson actually, is a little more helpful and a little more steadying of a presence in that sense too. But he also, to me, just looked like he was more productive with the touches he was getting. Yeah, he definitely looked more productive. I'll be interested to see, you know, it's one of those things where we talked about with Kelly being there. He seemed to be more of like that, that short yardage grinder kind of goal line back where Justin Jackson can do a little bit of everything. And maybe that's, maybe we, overestimated that they're so used to having a guy like Eckler out there who can catch the ball run as well. And Justin Jackson looked good running the ball last night. He's a better receiver than Joshua Kelly. So maybe Justin Jackson is the guy, Um, you know, obviously I'm with you. Mike Williams looked really good. Oh, you muted yourself right there. I was a year too early. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You did have Justin Jackson as your uh, fantasy MVP last year, not knowing about, uh, um, uh, what we none of us thought Eckler was going to do what he did last year, especially with Melvin well, also Gordon, Gordon came back. I yeah. thought he was going to sit out the more longer. So, but uh, Mike Williams, I mean, if Keenan Allen is out for a couple weeks, is he a guy that you feel safe firing up? I mean, he did yeah. look amazing last night. He helped lead me to another win in the Scott Fishbowl, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, and they looked like they had some good uh, chemistry. He found him on a nice deep ball. Um, and he found him on some nice possession balls, you know, that he went up. He's a huge target. You know, I don't think it's Williams' ability or talent that's been in question. He's had trouble kind of staying on the field. He was yeah. hampered with an injury before the season even started. Um, you know, the Chargers, we've commented a number of times, and I even did one of my Dynasty Nerd articles about behind those two, Allen and Williams, they don't really have a lot. Guyton has looked interesting at times. We've seen our our old XFL friend Donald Parham, you know, getting some run in there. I think he's a decent goal line threat as as a second tight end. KJ Hill, it's been interesting to see him get get out there a little bit. They have Joe Reed, another rookie on the uh, on there, but they don't have a lot of experience and a lot of dependable targets. So if Keenan Allen is gone, that I think that 
even more so. You saw Allen and Henry were the, the first two that Herbert seemed to really gravitate toward, and Eckler. So you're already down Eckler, who's kind of a veteran presence back there. You lose Keenan Allen, you know, I think that he's going to need Mike Williams. But also, what is that going to do to defenses going forward? You know, the, the Saints were obviously playing based around making sure they were on Keenan Allen. And I, in game, when you have those kind of changes, you can often see the guy thrive. In future weeks, if he's kind of their only big wide receiver threat, it's really going to be a matter of can Guyton or Hill or somebody else step up and do enough to keep them from double and tripling Mike Williams. That's something I think you'll have to watch that you won't really get an answer to until their following game. Yeah, I mean, the one thing I'll say, even if he ends up getting coverage shifted to him, I mean, he he had did have Marcus Lattimore on him for that big catch that should have set them up for the game-winning field goal. That being said, Lattimore has not necessarily played that good this year. I don't think that defense at all has played that good this year for the Saints. But he stopped Mike Williams on that big fourth down too. That was that in overtime. I didn't watch overtime. Yeah, I was I it, turned it off at uh, that it point. Was I was like, such an incredible play. Uh, was Williams it? caught it on a slant. Looked like he was going to make it, and Lattimore just ripped him back. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I mean, they did have a nice little connection. Williams did also have the the long touchdown down the down the sideline as well. Again, we don't know how much of that was because Allen was out. Uh, but Mike Williams is still a really big target. We saw last night with that catch that he can go up and get the ball. Herbert's one of those guys who's not afraid to take risky throws like that. So he may throw a couple balls up to Mike Williams. Even when Allen comes back, he could come down with some touchdowns. He, he's an interesting prospect. Like you said, he's he's got all the talent in the world. It's just him staying on the field. That's kind of the, the big thing for him. Uh, for the Saints here, Breeze, 21 points. Kamara, 19. Latavius Murray, 7. Emmanuel Sanders, 24. And Jared Cook, 13. Uh, Breeze seems to be developing that connection now with Sanders with Michael Thomas being out for as long as he has. It was a rough start for this offense, though. Does this team need Michael Thomas? Yeah, I mean, I think they do. Our friend Dennis posted this. Or should we call him hashtag slant boy? Is that right? That that, know what his (laughs) new nickname is? Slant boy. Gosh. Um, You know, our friend Dennis posted the snap percentages and Emmanuel Sanders obviously 59% Traquan Smith was out there the most at 78% but you just he wasn't super effective he wasn't getting a lot done so you kind of got to expect that you know Michael Thomas with Sanders maybe being able to stretch the field too uh, gives them a better offense Uh, They were able to take shots to Jared Cook, which I thought helped a a little bit. But, um, you know, I had thought prior to last night that, you know, he was developing something with Smith, but it just didn't look like uh, he was able to get it going. And I think this offense, you know, it's more dynamic with Michael Thomas. He pulls coverages away. He pulls people away from the line, gives the running backs a little bit more space because you can't put eight or nine in the box to stop Kamara if you have Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders on the outside and he and breeze just seem to have a better connection. I, you know, he's the number one receiver and got a huge contract last year for a reason. I think they're definitely missing him. Yeah. And I mean, Kamara really didn't do much in the run game last night either. He did most of his work in the receiving game. I mean, he gets you that 19 points, but I I would, I haven't gone in and looked exactly at it, but I'm almost positive more than half of that came in the receiving game. He, He was pretty shut down by that Chargers defense. Uh, it was, again, an all-in-all good game, though. 
Do you think Breeze is showing signs of falling off? I mean, I will say the touchdown he threw to Cook was not overly impressive in my eyes. Like the way he stepped up and he almost looked like he shotgun through that with as much strength as he possibly could. And it was like a duck, in my opinion. And I mean, it got to him because he was so wide open, but all in all, I, there was like one throw he made last night that was really impressive. Outside of that, I thought it was a very worrisome game from Breeze. Yeah, I mean, he's looked like he's been struggling a little bit the past couple of games. He just doesn't look quite himself. So, um, you know, he hopefully getting Thomas back will help a little bit. They definitely got off to a slow start. You're right about Kamara. I think he had eight for 74 in the passing game, which would be kind of 15 of those points, only 45 yards rushing. And he got a lot of that on one really incredible deep throw. Um, it feels like it's taking Breeze a while to get in rhythm. You know, is it because they're missing pieces? Is it because something is off? I don't know. That's why it's it's a little worrisome. We we thought about, you know, 41-year-old 40, quarterback. There was going to come a time where he wasn't going to be incredible forever. We saw some signs maybe toward the end of last year and in the playoffs that looked like they were struggling at times, but I still want to see him have a game with all of his weapons. Yeah, I mean, that'll be interesting to see because he does obviously get a lot of of that with Michael Thomas. I mean, Michael Thomas makes so much happen after the catch as well. I mean, he's not anybody who's going to, you know, beat you down the field with speed, but he's still a fast enough wide receiver makes a lot of yak yards. Again, we joke calling him hashtag slant boy, but he does a lot when he gets those slants from breeze. I'll be interested to see if he looks any better. I would assume Michael Thomas will be back next week. We'll see. I mean, there are reports it sounds now like that from health standpoint, he would have played this week. Yes. Was- it was cold cocking a dude. That, yes. Uh, well, apparently he also got into it with Sean Payton is the new report that came out today. So that's another reason why. So we'll see what happens. I, I mean, um, I don't know. I find that all very interesting. I mean, the dude was like. Did you read some of the, there were some interesting tweets that that was a lot of what he was like at Ohio State too, that he used to I taunt did or met Eli that. Apple. So here's the thing. Well, Eli Apple sucks. So, but here's the thing. I mean, he still sucks. You know, you say that, right, about him being there at Ohio State. He was almost a forgotten man at Ohio State, though. Like, I remember when he came out, he was considered the not good Michael Thomas. The good Michael Thomas was the one who got drafted by the Rams, who's playing on Cincinnati now. Like, Michael Thomas at Ohio State was not considered what he became. And maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like the first couple years of his career, I don't ever remember him talking or acting like he has the past two years. It seems like ever since he's kind of, I guess, been considered one of the best in the game, all of a sudden, like the divas come out of him. Like he hasn't been that guy. And so I'm just, I find it curious. Maybe I'm wrong. I try not to let my Buckeye Homerism come out, but I I really feel like he, he was not the guy that it seems like he is now. Well, when you spend your off seasons with, Michael Irvin and a pile of cocaine. Oh, wait. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, you know, well, hey, whatever you that, for you, man. Somebody, though, on Twitter did say he's the new Michael Irvin. I guess we'll have to see. I haven't. This is kind of the first time I remember hearing anything about like discipline issues. Yeah. 
Well, see, he's had the it's not discipline issues, but last year when he was getting closer and closer to setting the record, he started getting a little bit more like on Twitter saying all that stuff. Then we saw him have the whole thing with Devontae Parker earlier this offseason. But that's what I'm saying. Like leading up until this year or even late last year, I don't ever remember him like being that big a presence on social media and posting anything controversial. All I know is I need him back. I I drafted him with so many teams. Michael Thomas, I need you. And Chris Godwin. I mean, it's been a uh, you know, it's been tough and I, I just hope he can come back and get going. Um, you know, the Saints for as much as they had occasional struggles this season are back in first place in their division because they have the tiebreak over Tampa Bay. Now with Carolina looking stronger, it's kind of a three-way battle there, but you know, if you were to say, Hey, they got off to kind of a rough start. They haven't looked like themselves. They haven't looked good at times. They lost a couple of games still in first place. Now you start getting people back and start getting into a groove and, you know, they talked about earlier in the season for the saints finishing 13 and three, like three or four consecutive seasons, they haven't had the greatest starts, you know, a couple of years yeah. ago, they lost at home on opening day to James Winston, and the Buccaneers was kind of a stunner. I mean, they've had some of those early season struggles at times and they seem to find that groove in the middle and just start slowly putting everything together and putting everyone away. I think they still have a very winnable division, they still have a lot of talent. They can start getting some of those defenders healthy, start getting Michael Thomas back. They're still, you know, for an offense that we, we thought didn't look very good last night, they still put up 30 points. So Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're – I don't know. I hope he comes back too, obviously. I just made a trade for him last night, so I, I kind of need him. You know, I gave up DJ Chark in a first-round pick for Michael Thomas, so I'm hoping he comes back with a vengeance. I, I need him to – Help propel me to a championship in a a 16-team league. We do have a game tonight. Uh, Some of the major Titans out. I was trying to find it here. My phone has kind of been blowing up with all this stuff. So Tredavious White and Zach Zach Moss and John Brown are all out tonight for the Bills. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's what I saw. I'm just glad it's not Cole Beasley (sighs) because I need Cole Beasley to come. You got John Brown in a couple places, I take it. At least one. Well, hey, Khalif uh, Raymond's probably available. I think it's one where we run daily fab waivers, which uh, I like that in theory, but when you have a season like this, it's been murderous. Yeah. Yeah, he, he just got uh, announced out about 20 minutes ago. So Yeah, they're doing – because I think the game actually starts uh, at In about an hour. Yeah, 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 and it starts in an hour. Yeah. Which I'm excited about because I need Josh Allen and John New Smith to have a big game for me so I can move to first place in my home dynasty league because that's important to me right now. One of the few leagues I'm doing good in. Dennis did send us some a couple Thrive bets for us in this game. We did preview this on Friday's episode, so I'm not really going to dive too much into it. But for the Thrive bets, Josh Allen, 292.5 passing yards. You taking the over or the under? I'm going to take the over. Tennessee's pass defense has not been very impressive. Yeah, their corners are horrible. So, yes, I'm with you. I'm taking the over as well. Devin Singletary, 66.5 rush yards. I think with Zach Moss being out, I'm going over. I think if he'd have been in, I probably would have gone under. But I I think Singletary will get – I mean, 66 still kind of feels like a lot, but I'm still going to go over. 
Yeah, he's been doing the mix of kind of brush and pass, but I'll, I'll take the over too. I feel like 70 yards isn't that hard, tough a nut to crack. Stephon Diggs, 77.5 receiving yards. Way over. I agree. And Cole Beasley, 49.5 receiving yards. I'll take the slight over. I'm going to take the yeah. way under for Brown's 47.5. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm, I'm with you on that as well. Yeah, I wasn't even going to bring that one up since he uh, got ruled out. But yeah, with with him out, I'm going to take the over on Beasley. If that was Gabe Davis, I, That's, I was about to bring him up. What are your thoughts? So I, Gabe, Gabe Davis, he's looked pretty good, um, and with John Brown out playing that playing that role, I could see 60, 70 yards. On the Titans side here, Tannehill, 241.5 passing yards over or under. I'm going to go under. Wait, Travis White's out? Yes, White's out. I he was hurt. Yeah, I think – I don't think it's COVID. I don't know. He just got announced out. Uh, he was the one that I noticed first, and then I saw Zach Moss and uh, John Brown. So I kind of am going to go because I haven't seen if A.J. Brown is for sure playing or not. Have they ruled him out yet? Because I haven't seen them rule him out. I I kind of inactive should be up. Let's see if we can find him. I'm going to go over with with White being out. A.J. Brown is active. He returns for the first time. So no Corey Davis or Adam Humphreys. No, they're on COVID IR. That's why that's why it's it's still tough because. AJ Brown's tough because we have literally no practice. He's yeah. had that knee issue. They have no receivers, but I'm still I'm gonna stick with under. I think John U. Smith game, probably, baby. Both but, the both the Bills linebackers are hurt, and Matt Milano and Kimmer, who the other guys, they're both out. I mean, John U. Smith's out. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it may be Edmonds. There's two of their good line. I know Milano's one of them. I can't remember can't who the other is. We can't have these two. I'll have to look. Anymore. Let's let's look. I don't. I want to say for sure. Is it Edmonds? I can't remember. I know. I know for sure Milano is Tremaine Edmonds. No, it looks like he's playing. I don't see an out next to his name, so he should be in. But Matt Milano for sure, I know is out. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, I'm still going to go under because I think he could end up with 225, 230 yards and still be a, a good game. I, Brown scares me. We talked about it on Friday. I don't – even him being active and even with them having no receivers, I'm not sure how good I would feel about playing him. You know, how good is his knee? I yeah. also have questions about how good is this offense going to be. They literally have practiced, I think they said, one day in the last 14 that's that's a yep. lot of rust days ago. to be shaken off. Yeah, well, you know that that's the official practices they have. We don't know about how many uh, you know secret practices they've well, been we had. Corey, caught Corey doing Davis one. And so. Adam Humphreys went to a couple of those. Yeah, exactly. So um, Derek Henry, one hundred and eleven point five total yards tonight. I will take the over. Buffalo doesn't have too bad of a defense. I'm going to take the under because if they bottle up the running game, I just don't feel like Derrick Henry is a big. No, I mean, I don't he has to break yeah. one to really have 50 plus passing yards. Yeah, He's oh, not no, I don't think he's going to get 50 right. passing yards. I think it's going to be 110 rushing yards and one passing yard. That's my guess. But and I, I think guess it's going to be like 75 or 80 rushing yards and like 10 passing yards. Kind of keeps you under. I'm going to say under. I I think Tennessee's going to look a little rusty. Buffalo's been kind of going in their 
in a groove. Yeah. Uh, AJ Brown, I assume we're both taking the under on 55.5. I am. Yeah, I'm going to take the under, but I'm going to take the over on the next one. As am I. Jonu Smith, 51.5 receiving yards. I think Jonu's in for another huge game tonight. Although Buffalo doesn't have bad safeties. They may scheme to try to take him out of the passing game. Well, he's gonna have Tannehill's gonna have to force it to somebody. I don't think it's gonna be Khalif Raymond as much as I love the kid. So, and I really don't love the kid. I'm just kidding. So, yeah, I'm, it's gonna be it's gonna be, I guess, an interesting game overall. Especially if, as I do agree with you, I think with as hot as Buffalo has been, and probably how in a way cold Tennessee is coming into this game, it could be one of those games where they put it away early, and it's not even a contest. Which I'm fine with as long as Josh Allen gives me like. 25 to 30 points then i just yeah. need eight points out of the tennessee defense and john U. smith and i'm good to go i'm good to go baby so i'm looking forward to so i'm glad the game starts in an hour so i can actually watch the whole thing yeah all right waiver time nice short episode for you guys today so the top qbs i've got here listed on the waiver wire will go in order of rostered percentage here lowest to highest dalton at three percent Derek Carr at 21, Kirk Cousins at 32, Gardner Minshew at 51, and of course, the future NFL Rookie of the Year, Justin Herbert at 52, which actually seems very realistic now with as bad as Burroughs looked the past couple weeks. But go ahead. What are you, what are you, uh, what are you looking at uh, QB-wise? Who are you looking to add here off this list? Well, my guess would be if you're in a dynasty league, the only one that's potentially available is Dalton. Is and Dalton. I have to be honest in several leagues where I have Dak in dynasty. I also took Andy Dalton and he was been nice. on my, and it's early enough in the season that you haven't had to make that. Sophie's choice of dumping your handcuff quarterback yeah. handcuff. So uh, that actually worked out uh, decently well for me. I, I actually, this is a pretty good group. I'm going to say, Cousins would be my last choice. Um, okay. And, you know, he's he's played pretty decent, but I liked what we saw from Derek Carr on Sunday. It looks like when they have their receivers together that, you know, Russ isn't the only one that they're letting cook a little bit this year. And obviously yep. Herbert's, Herbert's been great. I'm surprised if he's not owned even in your redraft leagues. A lot of those redraft teams like to carry a backup quarterback, especially in the time of COVID. He should be to me. He and Minshew probably should be owned in or should be well, so, rostered yeah. in all leagues. That's what I agree with you on that. Like I, I'm approaching this more as a a redraft thing in dynasty. Most yeah. of these, especially in the leagues that we play, and they're so deep. Most like I'm the same thing. And a lot of my super flex leagues, I actually took Dalton just mm-hmm. on the outside chance that maybe Dak got traded or something. So I there's yeah. a couple of leagues that I reached out to the Dak owner yesterday. Was like, hey, you want Dalton? I'll give him to you for something decent because I've already got two yeah. quarterbacks. I'm not looking for a first-round pick right then. But, uh, well, yeah, so, from a redraft, so redraft perspective, though, both those, so they're only owned in 51 and 52%, which I think is ridiculous. Like, I've had Herbert since he was a starter. Now, granted, yeah. I've obviously been someone who's been much in more in on him than other people. But even after week one or the second week performance, well, I don't understand why more people weren't picking him up. So traditionally in re- redraft, I know a lot of people only like to carry one quarterback, one tight end, yeah. and, and you know you play waivers when you need to. Given what we've seen the last two weeks and the fact that we're coming into the heart of bye season and there's been so many freakish injuries, I honestly, even in all my redraft leagues, I have two or three spares. Yep. Because you just don't, know what's going on week to week when you know 
last week, I have tons of Bronco shares and quite a few Patriots running back shares, actually. And all of a sudden on Sunday morning, they just come unavailable to you. We didn't even yeah. know till this morning that we were going to get Buffalo and Tennessee guys being able to go. Last week, Tennessee and Pittsburgh, fantasy rich teams, you already have Green Bay and Detroit were on a buy this week. I think you got to carry a couple. So in my opinion, uh, with now Herbert, for sure, I can understand there was probably some lag because you weren't sure was Anthony Lynn actually going to go back to Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. I was holding on to Tyrod in a few leagues because I wasn't sure. And now I've I've set him adrift. But yeah. Minshew, to me, Minshew and Herbert should be rostered everywhere because of the consistent performances they're putting up, and they, they're clearly the guys. I think Carr is another one I, I would be rostering. Cousins, to me, is more hit or miss because they like to, to run the ball. Um, but Dalton, we talked about, I especially those people that had Dak or, um, you know, if you've just been hurting at quarterback, it's hard to imagine he's not going to be somewhere in the top 15 in – quarterbacks every week with that offense yeah yeah I, i'm with you i think it's easily herbert and Minshew at the top there for me too i actually i mean i might take Carr over dalton i mean he's sitting his qb8 on the season right now he's had a very like a sneakily good season not a lot of people talking about it and i agree i think it's a lot of gruden has finally gotten the weapons that he kind of wants there now in in las vegas and they're letting him do his thing so Obviously, if you own Dak, I wouldn't, you know, if you want to go get Dalton, that still makes sense to me as well because I agree with you. He's going to be top 15, I think, at worst with all those weapons. Again, we talked about it yesterday. He was coming in roughly anywhere from 10 to 15 every single week with Cincinnati and never had the weapons around him he has now. So I'm with you. Cousins is the last for me at quarterback. Running backs, there is not a lot available. Oh, and I will say, I forgot um. I agree with you on the rostering multiple th- people. That's actually what I went into this season in my redraft leagues doing was in the draft. I wanted to come away. Usually I'd go one QB and one tight end in my redraft leagues. I'm like, I'll, I'll, I'll play the waiver wire when I need to. I'm not worried about it this year. Knowing what COVID was likely going to be like and everything, I did not expect it to get like this, but I thought maybe players would miss a week because they got a positive test or something like that. I made sure to draft two quarterbacks and two tight ends while I was drafting because I wanted to make sure I had some backups. For running backs, we've got Keyshawn Vaughn at 8%. I'm sorry, LaMichael P. Ryan at 2%. Keyshawn Vaughn at 8%. Alexander Madison at 41 And Justin Jackson, 42 If you guys have been listening the past couple of weeks, you know I've been talking about P. Ryan saying you need to grab him. Story came out today that the New York Jets are doing everything they can to trade Le'Veon Bell. I think if they do trade Bell, it's going Frank Gore will probably be the first one to get starts, but I think that means P. Ryan is going to get the ball sooner rather than later. For me, if I had to pick one of these guys, I think it's probably Jackson because everything we're getting out of Minnesota is that this is not a serious injury with Cook. I think he's probably going to miss this week because they have a bye next week. So it gives him two weeks to heal. So you're only getting one week out of Madison where Justin Jackson, Eckler is probably going to be out four to six weeks. We haven't heard an exact number yet, um, but I know he was on the, you're, you're, you're muted. You know, yeah, I know they said uh, four to six weeks. They said four to six weeks. But I don't weeks. know if he'll stay out longer, if he'll come back beforehand. So you're, you're still looking at getting a decent amount of production out of Jackson right now. So for me, it would be Jackson, Madison, P. Ryan, Vaughn. 
Yeah. Uh, to me, it'd probably be Jackson. I mean, if you're if you're desperate just to patch one week over, then you can go all in on Madison. But I, I'm the same with you. He's got low end flex appeal uh, in deep leagues when Cook is there, and likely he's he's getting a lion's share. You already missed probably what was going to be the two great weeks for him this season. You missed one because it was last week because he came in for injury. He'll probably get one raise the lion's share here, and then they'll be on by, and they're talking about that, then being able to bring Cook back. Um, if you if you're rostering Cook, you should go. You should have Madison. Yeah. Um, then he would be my number one target. But if you're just looking for running backs, I think Jackson. Jackson maybe potentially has put himself back into position to be the one that shares when Eckler comes back and they fade uh, Kelly down because he hasn't looked good the past couple of weeks since he's had turnovers. Yeah. Then P Ryan. I'm actually in redraft. I'm not going for Vaughn. Um, Fournette's going to come back. They still are using McCoy. And honestly, I was excited the first week Vaughn came in yeah. that maybe he was going to, but he did not look good on Thursday night. And I think that's, there's probably, he probably didn't do anything to distinguish himself to move himself out of being fourth in the rushing pecking order. And it's not an incredibly high volume rushing team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Vaughn would be the last one on the list for me as well. Wide receivers is actually a decent little group here. I'm, I'm interested to see where you go. You got Darnell Mooney at 1%, Nelson Aguilar at 2%, Travis Fulgham at 3%, Chase Claypool at 17%, Preston Williams at 22%, and LaVisca Chenault at 34 I'm probably taking Claypool first. Um, see, I take uh, Chenault first. That big playability, uh, and then... Schnault, not as not as high of volume passing offense in, yeah. in Jacksonville, and also when Shark is in there, it's going to be different. I know Schnault's getting touches. To me, that yeah. To me, his ceiling not quite as high as Claypool. I mean, we just saw what in that offense. You're not going to get three touchdowns every week, but you could get three touchdowns. I think that's a much tougher sell if you're telling me that's Jacksonville this year. Um, no, I agree with you on that. Then Preston Williams, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, then Aguilar for me, then Mooney. I am not making a move to get Fulgham uh, until we've seen a few weeks because, like we talked about yesterday, the Eagles seem to have that replacement re- receiver du jour the last few weeks. Yeah. Maybe those guys never come back for them, but I mean, Jeffrey and Jackson have practiced every week. Eventually, Rager is going to come off of IR. That wasn't supposed to be a season ending uh, kind of thing. And their offense just doesn't look great to me. Yeah, so I have Chenault one. Uh, they are manufacturing touches for him. Even with Chark there, he was getting work. My, my biggest fear with Claypool is we. We saw him get, I think he got two touchdowns earlier in the year outside of the three he got last week. I just think if Deontay Johnson comes back and Juju being there, he's got four on the year. Or he got got four four last week. week. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, four on Sunday. It's just with Deontay Johnson and Juju there, like, yeah, it's going to be a high-passing offense, but Big Ben doesn't look great either. Like, he has not looked great. I know someone posted a stat, and I want to say it was Serena from ESPN about he's actually one of the worst deep ball throwers this year based on stats. 
Give me Chenault. He's getting the rushing work. He's got Gardner Mitchell throwing him the ball. We know Chark has got the injury history. I, I think I'd rather go with the Chenault's been playable the past three weeks. He hasn't been great, but he's been playable where Claypool's had the one big week and then kind of been hit and miss. So it's Chenault for me one, then Claypool. No, I, yeah, I'd go Claypool over Williams. It's hard. To, that's close for me there too, but. Well, if, if we if we knew Preston was going to be involved the way that he was this last week, which is yeah. the way we thought he was going to be part of the offense, then I would feel different. But it's been five games. Yeah. The only thing that I felt confident about seeing Miami on Sunday is we may actually see a redshirt year for Tua because Fitz yeah. uh, Fitzmagic has been pretty stout. And they've yeah, he's been he's been good. good. That's, a, that's what I said. He he bought himself another two weeks. It's just when is that five interception, like 50-yard game coming? And then what is that going to do? Because here's my next question. I'll pull it up really quick because I didn't know. I, I had it up earlier, and I have forgotten. I'm almost positive they have very winnable games in the next couple games. So what happens if in a very weird year right now, which it is a very good AFC division or conference, but what happens if they're competing for that wild card? And then Ryan mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick starts to turn into Ryan Fitz tragic as they call him. Yeah. Do they go to Tua? Do they just kind of keep it going? Like I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. The dolphins are a very intriguing team to me. I think it, what you said is right where they are at in the, in terms of being in the hunt in November is going to, yeah going to speak a lot because they were pretty clear at the beginning of the season. They didn't have a problem red shirting yeah. to uh, making sure he understood how things were going to work, making sure he's fully healthy. I mean, we are not even a year removed from the dude fracturing and dislocating his hip. I don't know about you, but I'd probably still be in my bed crying if I, I had to die. I'd have just given up. My, yeah, I'd have given up. I mean, that was one of the worst injuries I ever saw. It's not unreasonable yeah. to think it takes you at least a year to to be back to full strength. And for him, that wouldn't be until December. So I've got their schedule up here and literally outside of the actually no, they were in every single game so far this year. Their yeah. worst loss came for the Patriots 10 points in week one. Yeah. So and that Coming was up, Magic's worst game, arguably. Yeah. Jets, Rams, Cardinals, Chargers, Broncos, Jets. Those are all very winnable games. Like nobody in there stands out. The Rams probably have been the best team so far. Mm-hmm. We've seen we, weakness. Yeah, we saw the Cardinals against the Giants. Yeah, the that's, that's what I'm saying. Like we've mm-hmm. seen weaknesses in all those teams. And then Bengals. Like that's who they get right out of the uh is that their bye week? Yeah, no, no, no. So they get to the Bengals as well. Like They've got yeah, a their bye week got uh, messed up. Yeah, I forgot about that. The yeah. whole uh, Patriots thing too. The Dolphins really took it uh, a little bit too in terms of bye week and schedule shuffling. There is there is a realistic shot we could see the Dolphins in the playoffs with Ryan Fitzmagic. Like well, that is a. Was it Dennis that had them higher? I thought one of the three of us. I had him. I, I had him higher than the. I okay. had him higher than the Patriots. I had the Bills winning. I didn't have the Patriots make it. Remember, Dennis had the Patriots winning the division. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I don't think Which, he had. Well, I think he may have been high on the Dolphins too, because I don't think I think he had the Bills taking a step back. I had yeah. the Bills winning the division, and then the Dolphins and Patriots. I had tied at eight and eight, but I didn't have them making the playoffs. It was Raiders that made it in for me in yeah. the playoffs. Which but, you know the Ra- Raiders. Well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, it looks like my predictions so far are going very good outside of, unfortunately, the Broncos. That That's the one team that I, I had yeah. 
At least you didn't pick Matt Patricia's coach of the year, right? That is true. I was not in on the Lions like you two were, so that that's a good thing. I had so far my my predictions are looking good with how good I had the NFC West looking outside it's of long the season. 49ers. That it's is long true. Season. We still have a lot of time. Um, but then, yeah, um, I'm, for me, I would actually go Mooney over Aguilar. I think Mooney's looked good the past couple weeks. He, you know, he. Uh, why did I want to call him? Ryan Fitzmagic. I'm thinking here's of Fitzmagic. The, here's now. the thing: Nick Foles missed him on a wide open touchdown on Thursday. But that's the thing. Derek Carr might be a substantially better quarterback than Nick Foles. That is true, but I do think if Edwards comes back, maybe we see Aguilar push back a little bit. I don't know. For either one of those, I'm, I'm going to be honest. If you're having to start one of those two, you're you're kind of you know <laughs> down there anyway. for the best. Yeah, you're hoping but for the best. The other, one anyway. the other thing for me with Mooney is it's not a super high volume pass offense. Robinson seems to be one. Jimmy Graham actually seems to be two. Yeah. Anthony Miller. So is Mooney? He's Mooney and Miller are more targets kind of right there. Yeah. You know, he I think to, he'd have to actually distinguish himself. I think he has, though. I mean, I've never been a Miller guy, but Mooney's already he's got more fantasy points than him this year. He's already looked better. Yeah. Like I, I, I think our friend Nick Whalen likes Mooney. He posts. Yeah. I, I take it that's why he's a big Bears fan. I take it that's he why he posts. Fan. He posts the targets and receptions for Mooney yeah. and Miller every week. And I knew it wasn't uh, to champion Anthony Miller. No, yes, it was not. He always puts in dra- in brackets drops passes. Yeah. Uh, for tight ends, there's really only one that stood out to me. I mean, Jimmy Graham was on there, but he's like 60% rostered. So chances, I yeah. mean, if he's available, grab him. Uh, but Irv Smith, 6% had a good game, uh, there Sunday night. I, I mean, I know it's hard to believe in him because we've seen those games like last year, even when he comes on, has a good game and then they go right back to Rudolph. Well, I mean, we're only one game removed from Rudolph making that amazing touchdown yeah. catch in the back of the end zone. I I mean, we're probably going to get to a point where there's going to be some desperation and you're going to have to. Yeah, I'm at it right some- now. I have Hayden Hurst as my tight end. I'm, I'm seriously picking up Irv Smith and starting him and hoping for the best. I, You know, I'm still not sure that I would. Yeah, I can't trust Hayden Hurst anymore. Two points, two points, ten points, one point, three points. At least I know with Irv Smith, if he doesn't get me anything, I'm not going to be disappointed. You know, if he gets me one point, it's a great week for me with Irv Smith. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. With Hayden Hurst, I'm expecting him to do something, and he just fails me every single week. You were the chosen one. Yeah, he was. Well, I, don't know, I don't know about chosen one, but he, they, now nah, I was trashing him all off season. I get it. It's fantasy karma. That's what I get. I didn't think he was going to be good. I think I had him as like a low end two. And then everybody kept talking about, he's going to be this reemergence there in Atlanta. Everyone. Then, are you just, are you, just you know, Dennis says that Dennis? he wasn't, but because I swear he was. I know it wasn't me because I swear I Dennis was in him. on him. I know I brought this up on the podcast last week and just like, I was, not, I know he was in on him, but no, there's just all kinds of fantasy people. I, I was not in on him. I, I wasn't. And I, I let myself get, you know, I, I the group think thing happened to me. I kept seeing all these people talking about him. Like, you know what? They clearly see something I don't. All these people think this. I'm going to go with them. I got suckered. That's what happened. Don't get suckered, guys. All right. Got a game starting in about 30 minutes. Um, obviously, if your game is on the line this week like mine is, I hope that you are able to pull it off. Me and Matt will be back on Thursday to 
probably talk about some things. We don't have a Thursday night football game. I guess we can recap this game and then talk about whatever we want. But yeah, no Thursday night game kind of sucks. Uh, forgot about that. We can, I don't know. Since you all be with us on Friday, we can talk about some of the more interesting matchups, I guess, in your opinion, and and maybe some. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We we'll, got time. We'll look at injuries and. Sure, there will be more. Hopefully, no more COVID news before now and then. But if you guys again uh, need players to come through for you tonight, I hope that happens for you. Unless you're playing me, I hope they stuck because I need to win as many games as possible because uh, my teams are bad. Till then, we will see you guys on Thursday. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's in the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown.